Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Come inside, the show's about to start. Guaranteed to build your head apart. Now, the Andy Everett Show on Ticket 760. Hour number three of the program commences uh, tonight uh, out of the room. UTSA is going to have a, an event for its basketball teams that I need to host at 7 o'clock tonight. So uh, we'll do this last hour of the show. And we're uh, out here at Big's Restaurant. Uh, you can't see me. I'm kind of uh, sequestered in a room where I can do this show from. And I'll step out of here at uh, 7 and walk across uh, the breezeway and out to where we're doing everything and uh, introduce the, some of the basketball players to the boosters and get everybody fired up for the basketball season, which begins in just a couple of weeks. Uh, it'll be October 24th uh, when we have our first uh, exhibition game uh, right here on Ticket 760 that will commence at 6.30 that night with the pregame show, another exhibition game on the 30th, and then they play the season uh, starts for real on November 6th. So we're just less than a month away from it happening for real. UTSA women's games this year will be heard on KRPT 93.3, and so uh, we'll look forward to seeing how uh, Karen Aston's team does as well. The uh, Phillies are laying it on the uh, Atlanta Braves right now, 7-1. to one. And, Michael, I can't figure out how – Google works sometimes because okay. I typed in this and it doesn't give me an answer. Mm -hmm. But I'm you. You gave me a, a, a good uh, a good trivia question that I don't know the answer to. If the Dodgers and Braves both lose and the Orioles have already lost, and you've got three teams that won a hundred games this year, and none of them make the World Series, I'm not sure that's ever happened before. Yeah, if it has, I don't remember it. Yeah, if if some some baseball guru knows that answer, you know, tweet it to us or give me a call. Now, I do know this. Back in before 1970, I guess, I think 70 is when they went to divisions in the American and National League because I think it was prior, I think it was maybe 68, 69. You either won the pennant, you won the National League, and only the National League rep and only the American League rep went to the World Series. You won the pennant, and then there was no divisional playoff. In late 60s, early 70s, I'm not sure the exact year, but I think it was 68 or 69, they went to divisions, and they had the National League Championship Series and the American League Championship Series. And then in the 90s, we expanded beyond that, and now we have you know multiple teams in the playoffs. Uh, and, and so I do know that back in like the 50s, uh, that like, for example, the Dodgers may win the, the National League with 102 wins, and San Francisco may have lost it with, uh, well, that would have been the, the New York Giants would have lost it with 101 wins. Uh, and so I've seen that happen before. But in the modern era, since we've expanded baseball to, to six teams in each league, and we have, we have Baltimore, Atlanta, and the Dodgers that are all around 100 wins, and none of them could, could potentially get past the divisional series, uh, and right now the Braves are on the ropes and the Phillies are playing some really good baseball. So we'll see how this all plays out. It'd be kind of interesting to see if that's ever happened before. I, I don't know that it has. We thank you for listening wherever you may be. Michael told me about an hour ago that we have uh, listeners today in Bolivia, El Salvador, Morocco, and Tajikistan. So uh, wherever you are, thank you for being part of the program. Uh, no matter what time of day or night it is, or potentially on the podcast later on as well, we thank you for that. Saturday evening in the Dome, it'll be UTSA and UAB. 2020, this uh, was uh, 
Jeff Trailer's first year. UTSA went to um, went to uh, Birmingham. It was the last game we played at uh, Legion Field. They got a new stadium for the 2022 game last year. We played at Legion Field, and Lowell Narcisse had been hurt the week before, I think, against Army. Frank Harris was in concussion protocol, I believe. And uh, Josh Atkins was the starting quarterback, and he lasted one play. Uh, broke his collarbone on the first play, and UTSA had to go back to the bullpen for, for more help and still played pretty well in the game and had added chances, but uh, UAB won that game. 2021, we had the game where uh, Oscar Cardenas makes the fantastic catch in the end zone on the one-minute drive with no timeouts, and UTSA gets the miracle finish. And then last year, UTSA has a two-score lead with four minutes to play, and they don't play well on defense, and somehow UAB ties the game. We go to overtime, and UTSA prevails in overtime. Um, the UAB program was shut down after the 2014 season for two years, and it was mainly because there was a guy on the Board of Regents in the Alabama system, a guy by the name of Paul Bryant Jr., son of Paul Bear Bryant, that was very upset at UAB for something that had happened 30 years prior. Back in the early 90s, uh, UAB had a recruit that uh, before NIL, 30-plus years before NIL, uh, was paid for by an Alabama booster. And it was proven that an Alabama booster stole him away from UAB in the, in the late-night hours with a financial incentive. And Gene Bartow was the uh, coach for the UAB uh, basketball program. And he turned in Alabama, and Alabama got caught, and the player was ineligible for a while and was, was put on probation. Well, Paul Jr. wasn't very happy with what him, they did and basically said, I'll figure out a way to get back to you. And for years, he tried to get that program put on double-secret probation or disbanded. And he finally found a willing president to do that. He did not expect the city of Birmingham to basically revolt when the uh, announcement came down. And so Bill Clark, who was the coach there, basically said, you know what? We're going to stick here. This, the staff is going to stay here. We're going to convince as many players as they can to stick around. And we're going to apply for reinstatement. And within about three or four months, they got it. But they had to miss a couple of seasons before they came back. And I believe the 2017 season was the next year that they came back for real. And they were really, really good pretty quickly because all those players were 25 years old. They got extra years from the NCAA to play. And he built a pretty good powerhouse for three years. So in the Conference USA ranks, it was UAB for a couple years. And then it's been UTSA for the last two years. And uh, the Roadrunners and UAB have this, this rivalry going on. And it's been a good one because both teams have won, and UTSA has won the last two, and they really need to get this one. Um, they don't play Memphis or SMU this year, and I think those are the other two teams in the league that have a legitimate chance to win the league. Uh, Tulane, UTSA, SMU, Memphis, and UAB. Uh, I haven't looked at UAB's schedule to see if they play SMU or if they play Memphis, but there'll be some big matchups there. And after this game, the schedule, while no game is easy, and Ford Atlantic in uh, Boca Raton at night is not going to be an easy game next week. And the East Carolina uh, team comes in here in a couple of weeks with a lot of tradition. You never know what's going to happen when you're playing at North Texas and you got Rice. I don't think South Florida is anything to write home about, but Tulane's pretty good. You're going to have some epic matches, uh, matchups coming up. 
But this is the biggest of those games, I think, between now and the uh, Tulane game. And so if UTSA can win this game, it certainly gives them uh, an edge. Uh, Tulane's already beaten UAB. You want to keep uh, pace with Tulane because they're the defending American Conference champs. They beat USC last year in the Cotton Bowl. And so this is a big game for UTSA in terms of staying there. You don't want to get behind too early because you may not be able to catch up. And not only does UTSA want to be in the championship game, they want to host the championship game because they know the home field advantage that the Roadrunners have in the Alamo Dome. So from that standpoint, this is a big game. A lot of the players that were on this UAB team last year and the year before are still there. Wide receivers are still good. Jermaine Brown's still a good running back. And we have a matchup of quarterbacks this weekend that feature two San Antonio kids that uh, basically played, overlapped a little bit. Jacob Zeno from John Jay and uh, obviously Frank Harris from, uh, from Clemens. And uh, those two uh, will be the quarterbacks in the game coming up this weekend for the Roadrunners and the Blazers, respectively. We'll get the UAB scoop tomorrow when David Crane, the voice of the Blazers, joins us. But I expect a big uh, matchup. And I've always shunned away from uh, talking about lines. And I really don't care about sports gambling that much, except I don't think there's a problem if anybody does it. But UTSA started as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, and they're already up to ten. And I don't know about that. That's it, just, this, I think this game's going to be much closer than that. It's actually gone down. It's now it's now at nine. It's down uh, at nine. Okay. Yeah. Well, some money went on UAB when it hit ten. Then. Yeah. And you were asking about the UAB schedule, Andy. So obviously they play UTSA this weekend. Uh, the following week they have Memphis at home. Mm-hmm. So they're playing them um, in Alabama, Birmingham. Uh, then they play Florida Atlantic. Travel to Navy play Temple at home, and then finish the season out at North Texas. Yeah, I, I would say the one team that I I've fear the most after, I, I, first of all, UAB's got players, and I don't think Trent Dilfer is going to mess it up. Uh, I think they were kind of in disarray last year after Bill Clark was forced to, re, uh, to retire. His uh, offensive coordinator took over. Uh, they already told him he wasn't going to stay on the job, that they were going to completely retool the coaching staff. He was a lame duck coach. Players played like he was a lame duck coach. And I think they get up for UTSA because of the rivalry and obviously the significance of the game before when Cardenas made the catch on that one-minute drive with no timeouts. So they, they, they played hard. They got behind, and then they figured out a way to catch up at the, at the end of the game. Uh, but um, I would when I, gave, when I was doing my picks at the beginning of the year, I had them ranked fifth only because I didn't know what – that team would look like but when i started filling out their roster and looking the other day to you know who was going to play uh against the roadrunners i was like wow they got all the same guys back and they were pretty good last year and jeff trailer and all the players certainly have uh their full attention on uab coming up kickoffs at seven uh five o'clock for the pregame show tickets are available hope to see you in the alamo dome all right we got to talk some cowboys coming up because we need to talk about the cowboys we'll also touch on the spurs we got a couple other things to work our way in before we get out of here tonight at seven o'clock some college basketball thought as well that's all coming up here in just a little bit well where are you playing golf Well, I always suggest you tee it up at the Alamo City Golf Trail because at the trail, that's the best value for golf in San Antonio. The uh, 
green fees and the quality of golf are in line with each other, and you're going to have a good time on all of the Alamo City Golf Trail golf courses. You got uh, Mission to Lago down on the south side. I think a lot of people overlook that because you got to drive down there. It's about a 25-minute drive from uh, the middle of the city, so head on down there. You're going to enjoy your time. I think it's the absolute best layout on the Alamo City Golf Trail. Riverside, just up the road from there, is about to reopen in the next few weeks. Then you've got Willow Springs and Brackenridge. You've got the traditional Almas Basin, Northern Hills, Cedar Creek, and the San Pedro Driving Range in Par 3. Plus, the staff at the Alamo City Golf Trail does a fabulous job to keep you excited about what you're doing when you're on one of their golf courses. They want you to have a great golfing experience. You can visit alamocitygolftrail.com and sign up for a membership to play on, uh, give you a little bit of a, a break on green fees and range balls and other discounts when you play if you're a member. And you can book a tee time on any of the Alamo City Golf Trail golf courses on the website. Where do you want to play today? Find an Alamo City Golf Trail golf course and book your tee time today. It's uh, 614. It's the Andy Everett Show on Ticket Center. All right, it's 620. It's the Andy Everett Show on Ticket 760. Spurs are back in action coming up this uh, weekend. We'll uh, discuss that coming up. They have a game on Friday night in the preseason, and then I think uh, Monday, is that right? Is that the one after that? Yes. All right, Friday and Monday for preseason games coming up. The uh, season begins on the 25th of October against the Dallas Mavericks. So it's not too far away. Let's, today is the 11th, so we're two weeks away from opening night. Yes, sir. Yeah, we are. All right. Uh, let's talk Dallas Cowboys because I mentioned this yesterday, and I mentioned it Monday. It's time to step off the ledge, not forward, but backwards. You know, it's time for you to calm down here if you're a Cowboys fan. I think we see the... Uh, San Francisco 49ers are clearly the best team in the league right now. They're better than Kansas City. They're better than Philadelphia, and they're playing better football than anyone else. Uh, they've got the Chargers coming up on Monday night. And I've been asked probably 15 times this week, think they can bounce back against the Chargers? Not only do I think they can, I think they will. And that to me is where the NFL lies is it gives you the opportunity to bounce back. The Chargers are not the 49ers. Chargers have a good quarterback. They're a team that I don't trust. I would trust Justin Herbert a little bit, but it, they're a team that always disappoints you, more so than the Cowboys ever have. The difference is is nobody in L.A. or San Diego cares about the Chargers, and nobody outside of L.A. or California cares about the Chargers. They're just a team that exists. And they should still be in San Diego, but San Diego wouldn't build them a stadium. And so they had to go to L.A. because they could make more money with their name, the L.A. Chargers, instead of the San Diego Chargers. Every team in the NFL goes through th uh, games like the Dallas Cowboys did. And only the Dallas Cowboys and occasionally the New England Patriots get the pushback and the criticism that those two teams get. Oh, the sky is falling. Cancel the season. It's over. Get rid of Dak. Let's move on. Rob Parker and uh, and Chris Broussard were talking last night. It's time to move on from Dak. Well, you can't. He's making 37, 38, 40 million, whatever he's making. He's got another four or five years on that contract. He's going to be a salary cap hit if you get rid of him. You can't tank and get into the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, nor should you. Cowboys have a really good offensive line. They have a pretty good number one receiver in C.D. Lamb. 
Um, they don't have a lot of other support at wide receiver that's consistent. Every other wide receiver has their moment. They don't have a consistency at that position. The Dallas defense overall is pretty good, except when you're playing a juggernaut like the 49ers, who have an equally good offensive line as the Cowboys do, have a better tight end, a better wide receiver, and a better running back, and a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes, and a coach that knows how to call plays. Are the Cowboys going to miss the playoffs? I doubt it. Are they going to go to the Super Bowl? I doubt that, too. The Cowboys are, are, to me right now, at worst, the fifth best team in the NFL. I would put San Francisco one. I would probably put Kansas City and Philadelphia two and three in whatever order you want. I would put Miami in that mix and then the Cowboys. Who else is playing better? Yeah, so what? Tampa's three and one. Who cares? They're Tampa. They're not. They'll, if they win the South, okay, who cares? That team gets beat in the first round. Um, I was big on the Ravens coming into the season, and I think they'll still have a good year. But they're struggling. They couldn't beat Pittsburgh. The Bills have had their ups and downs. The Bengals look good against the Cardinals, but everybody but the Cowboys looks pretty good against the Cardinals. What teams, other than the four I mentioned, are playing better than the Dallas Cowboys? I don't think you can find one. And, and so as they navigate through the rest of their season, my guess is they'll probably split with Philadelphia. I think they'll beat Washington and the Giants both times. They may or may not beat the Dolphins, but who cares? And this team's going to finish probably 12-5, and five, maybe 11-6 uh, and six at worst, and they're still going to be a playoff team. And if they get the right matchup, and if somehow San Francisco stubs its toe and the Cowboys don't have to play them, I think they can win. I think the Cowboys can beat the, the uh, Eagles. The Eagles haven't looked great so far this year. They've looked okay. They've looked uh, like they're trying to get back to where they were and be NFC champions, but they're not the Eagles of last year, not yet. They didn't take up where they left off. The 49ers absolutely did, and the 49ers had, didn't have home field advantage. They had to play in a cold climate in Philadelphia, and they lost their quarterback, and they lost their backup quarterback in the same, in the same quarter. So let's just put San Francisco in an island by themselves until they prove that they're going to mess it up, which I don't know that they will, and give the Cowboys – the credit and the respect that they do, uh, that they deserve. I don't believe Jerry Jones even truly believes, unless he's somewhat delusional, that Dak Prescott's going to beat Zach Purdy uh, or, or Brock Purdy in that team going to the playoffs. But they're as good as everybody else on a given day, including the Chiefs, including the Eagles, and including the Dolphins. It, it, it's really going to come down, Andy, to what it was for the past few years that December woe, you know, when when the calendar turned to to, uh, to December, that's when the Cowboys season pretty much defined itself, whether they were going to make it to the playoffs or not make it to the playoffs. And it's not an easy schedule. You know, uh, you have Philadelphia. It's at home. So I, I'm with you. I think they will split with Philly more than likely. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they win the one at uh, at home and then lose the one at Philly. Then they go on the road back-to-back for Buffalo, and then they go to Miami. And then they finish the month of December with Detroit at home. And Tough games. And those are four tough games. And before, you could say, oh, well, it's Miami and it's Detroit. But unless Tua gets hurt, Miami could very well be a, a, a solid contender this year. 
And you and I have both gone on record. We are on the fighting Dan Campbells. We want the uh, we want the lion at practice. We want the lion on the sidelines. The the actual real life lion. Um, he's got that team playing really really well. And then you finish the season uh, in January uh, at Washington. And I am a little distracted because now my uh, Houston Astros Uncle Mike himself, Michael Brantley, just hit a solo home run. And it is now tied one to one in the uh, top of the second with two outs, Andy. All right, we'll keep you updated on that before we get out of here in the next few minutes. And and uh, but I th- I think the Cowboy fans just need to relax. You're not the 49ers. You don't have Ayuk. You don't have McCafferty. You don't have Samuel. You don't have Kittles. And I think Dak and, and Brock Purdy are similar quarterbacks. It's just Dak doesn't have as many weapons as Brock Purdy does. And I think Kyle Shanahan's a much better play caller than Mike McCarthy is. Uh, and that's why you're probably going to be in the championship game or losing the divisional round or the, or the uh, second round, and you're going to have to try to get another step before you're as good as the 49ers if you can do that during the draft and free agency next year. So uh, that's uh, that's what's in store coming up. All right, one of my favorite places to go to keep healthy, to boost your energy, is Oasis Cryo and Health Spa. Non-invasive stimulation. It's cold when you step in that cryo chamber, but it only lasts for three minutes, and you're going to feel great afterwards. It'll help speed up recovery from exercise and inflation and inflammation and muscles. I went in there one time earlier this year. Kind of had a little uh, headache that was going on. Didn't have any Advil with me. I did the uh, cryo treatment, and before I got home, the headache was gone. Now, I don't know if the cryo treatment did it, but I'm going to give it credit. And if you work out, if you're active, if you play sports, the Oasis cryo treatment is something you should certainly consider. Want to get uh, hot in the sauna? You can uh, sweat yourself to better health. Lots of studies say sauna treatments can help you with cardiovascular issues. You've also got the Halo Salt Therapy treatment. They can clear up everything in no time. And uh, you can uh, check out the Thermal Spine Massage Unit and something called Brain Tap that we're going to learn more about in the days ahead. The website is oasiscryo.com. Book your session right now. Oasis is on Northwest Military, just north of Wurzbach Parkway. This is part of my Stay Healthy plan. It should be part of yours, too, at oasiscryo.com. 629, the Andy Average show on the ticket if you like fixing your own car it's time for you to get parts that you need for that car at pick and pull they stay open until seven so you got 25 more minutes to get down there this evening and you'll find out immediately why so many people fall in love with pick and pull people like you that uh, want to fix their own cars know how to do it but they need used uh, car parts and you're not going to find any better then at Pick and Pull and PickandPullSA.com. That's where your journey begins. You'll know immediately if the car you're looking for is down there, and when you get there, they'll know exactly where to take you so you can get to work getting the car part that you need and uh, getting back to fixing your car. They also will buy your cars. They got a lot of. They got to get cars so that they have the inventory, and they have the biggest inventory in all of South Texas. So they'll buy your car if you're looking to sell, and they'll give you top dollar for it, cash on the spot. And they always get uh, have that inventory of uh, cars down there because they simply pay more for them. Running or not, they want your car at pick and pull. They'll pick it up for you for free and take it off uh, to the lot. For the best quality used auto parts or to sell something you no longer want, it's pickandpullsa.com. They buy more because they pay more and they have more parts cars than anyone else in town. All right. The University of Kansas got off light today. Um, I like Bill Self. Actually, I can tell you a quick Bill Self story. When I was a senior in high school, or junior in high school, he was a senior, 
at a team in Oklahoma in, in Edmond, community just north of Oklahoma City, that was really, really good because he was on that team. And I remember watching that game, and I think he probably scored 30, and he could have probably scored 30 more if he'd have wanted to. And the point guard that my high school had was pretty good, but he couldn't guard Bill Self. And I followed Bill Self's career at Illinois and at Kansas and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think Bill Self has done anything that every other major college coach has ever done. They're going to try to get players however they can get them. And they're going to do whatever they got to do to get them with the contacts at the shoe companies. And I got so tired of reading the stories about how they uh, brokered uh, shoe deals to athletes and all that kind of stuff. I just kind of stopped. There's, I think there's still an FBI investigation into the corruption in college basketball. And where that goes, who knows. But the NCAA basically came out today and said, yeah, all right, you're going to get double secret probation for a couple years. We're going to take away your 17-18 season. you got to take down the Final Four banner in Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, have a nice day. Go back to being a blue blood of college football uh, or basketball. I was never a big fan of Jerry Tarkanian, the basketball coach. I thought he was overrated in college because he basically was buying players at uh, UNLV, I think. And when he was with the Spurs for 17 games, he never bothered to learn the rules. But Jerry Tarkanian had the best quote in the history of basketball when it comes to how the NCAA operated then, and I think to a certain extent still does. And it was um, at that time Cleveland State got put on probation for trying to get a recruit. And he was at a luncheon downtown at La Margarita. And he said, anytime the NCAA gets pissed off at Indiana and Kentucky, they put Cleveland State on probation. That is how it summed up, and I'm sure somebody else will pay for this. I think there was a couple of assistant coaches at Oklahoma State that ended up uh, bearing the brunt of all of this. Everybody else just kind of skated off into the sunset because, hey, we got to keep this basketball machine going. So, um, I, and, I, and I don't really care because you, you knew they were doing something wrong. But they need Kansas, and they need Kentucky, and they need Indiana, and they need North Carolina and Duke. If those schools aren't playing and playing at a high level, nobody pays attention to the ESPN game. Now, we do in Texas if Texas is playing well, and all of a sudden there's some uh, there's a surge of uh, people that care a little bit at Ford Atlantic because they went to the Final Four last year, but they're not part of that group. I mean, even Texas isn't a blue-blood basketball program. You don't think of basketball when you think of Texas. You think about football. And honestly, you probably think about baseball uh, after after uh, football when it comes to the prowess that the Longhorns have had. When you think about college basketball, you think about Duke, North Carolina, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisville, uh, maybe some of the former Big East schools, and UCLA. Kansas. And Kansas. That's who you think of. Don't forget about Kansas. And Kansas, yeah. So congrats to Bill Self. He got off light. So did Kansas. They'll be fine. They'll probably win their 250th consecutive Big 12 championship again coming up if they can beat Texas. All right. Um, Victor Wimbanyama got yelled at by Pop the other day. No. Apparently so. I saw It was online, so it must be true, right? Of course, yeah, because everything online is true. <laughs> and uh, Victor said, well, it took longer than I thought it would, and I'm okay with it. And he was right. And I'm open to constructive criticism, so... That's fine. You know, I, 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 if you are a star player and you have a coach that you don't respect, then you're not going to listen to their criticism. But if you know that your coach has your back and you know that your coach wants the best from you, you really don't care what said coach uh, says to you. 
and you're going to listen to him so that you can learn from it and be better at it. So that's uh, that's the situation that uh, they're in, and I'm sure that won't be the last time that Pop has a terse word for Wimby. And at 19 years old, you probably still need a, a parent to guide you around, but Tim Duncan got yelled at, so if Timmy can get yelled at, so can anybody else. Yeah, and and talking about Pop as well, because I know you and I have kind of played a, a little GM when it comes to starting five, and uh, I can't remember if it was the the scrimmage game or if it was from media day, but some of the reporters were asking him, "Hey, you know what? What do you think the potential lineup's going to be?" And you know, coming back from last season, he went on record saying that well Zach Collins is he earned the starting five and now it's you know okay well where does Jeremy Sohan fit in is he gonna be on the, is he gonna be a starter is he gonna come off the bench but pop, pop said the best line ever yes he did he said the best line ever he was said basically if Manu Ginobili can come off the bench anybody should be able to and willing to come off the bench well at least on this team and yeah. you know Wimby's not coming off the bench and you know that Vassell and Keldon Johnson are likely not coming off the bench. But I, I believe they would, though. If Pop they said, would if hey, they were asked to. Exactly. But with the current lineup, you want your... See, every coach has a rotation of players. And the idea is to have what you consider the best five or the best five out of seven on the floor at crunch time. And I'll go back to the Spurs days. You know, you had Tony starting and you had... Um, Danny Green and Bruce Bowen and Tim and center du jour. But a lot of times in crunch time, whether it was, uh, uh, uh there was two or three centers that they had during their, their run. They had a show. Yeah. Had they, from, they were Fabrizio. off the floor for Manu or maybe Danny Green was off the floor for Manu or maybe Bruce Bowen was off the floor for Manu. And so, but you have to manage minutes and starters are going to get more minutes than reserve players. That's why they're starters. Uh, so, um, that, uh, that's kind of the, that's kind of the boat that, uh, that they're in right now. And I think Jeremy Sowen would be great off the bench. And I think you could play him off the bench at the five and you know, he's an undersized five, but you could play a lot of different roles with him and he could spare Zach Collins. He could spare Wimby and he could probably even make a, probably, uh, hybrid into several different other positions and roles as well on the team. So it doesn't really matter whether you start or not, as long as, you know, once you get to the playoffs, nine guys are probably playing. The other five are sitting on the bench watching, unless there's a specific issue that they need they're needed for. Yeah, and and just with with this team, with it being so young, I don't really think that there's any type of like egos that are on this team saying, "Well, if I'm not a starter, I want to be out of here." I think they're all buying into the mindset of they're a Spurs person, they're a Spurs guy, and this is what benefits the team the most. So. It, uh, it, again, Andy, I, I am now completely, not that I wasn't on the Wimby train, but I am completely, I'm the conductor. I am clearing the path. Everybody can get on board the Wimby train because baby, Absolutely. next year, next year is going to be it. We're going to compete. Uh, don't catch yourself out. This, this team's going to do some good things uh, coming up this year. All right. One more segment to go. And i got some college basketball stuff to talk about, particularly UTSA. That's why I'm out here at Biggs today for this event, which I will start in about 15 minutes. And uh, the Andy Everett Show will continue after this on Ticket 760 at 644. Dude, come on. 
Show, final segment of the show today. The reason I'm on location, we're at a Biggs uh, restaurant today doing uh, the radio show from uh, one of the offices out here. Coming up in just a little while, I'll be uh, stepping outside where UTSA is holding a, a function for its donors and boosters, especially those who uh, invest in the basketball programs at UTSA, both the men and the women. We're going to introduce the team or some of the team members uh, to those uh, people and let uh, uh, Steve Henson uh, and Karen Aston address the, them as well and give everybody kind of a sneak preview of what's going to happen with basketball this year and we're just a couple of weeks away from the start of the college basketball season right in the middle or towards the end of the college football season that's always an issue in november we used to not play games until right around thanksgiving but now we play a little bit later or earlier in the year so that we can get all these games in the big reason for that is is that the most teams now get 13 non-conference games or a total of 31 games when you count their multi-team event tournaments that they all play for the utsa men this year they're going to have an entirely new roster they have three guys coming back from last year, uh, 11 or 12 new faces on this team. Uh, I'll get to meet a couple of them uh, tonight and more down the road. Uh, but uh, starting on October 24th, we've got the first preseason game, the exhibition one on the 30th, and then the uh, men start for real on the 6th of uh, November. The women will be without Jordan Jenkins, their best player from last year, and the conference player of the year in Conference USA last year. She's got a uh, ACL injury that she's recovering from, and she'll be back hopefully in January. That said... Uh, basketball in the state of Texas has been pretty good lately with Texas and Houston having banner years last year. And, Michael, I can't think to help, but both of those teams are going to continue to have good years. I think Rodney Terry's a fantastic coach for the Longhorns, and Kelvin Sampson's had it rolling for a while over at Houston. Yeah, and, and with, with as you mentioned, Rodney Terry, with the controversy that, that – not, not just the controversy, but with that black cloud that they had hanging over them – last season with the whole Chris Beard allegations coming in. Oh, I can't even remember sometime in the middle of the season. It was in December, I think. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like right before the, uh, before the conference season began late yeah. November, early December. Yeah. So you had all of that hanging over the program and yet these kids still came out and played hard. And then to see Rodney Terry just, basically take over and and elevate them higher than you could even say than Chris Beard might have gotten them. Well, I think Chris Beard would have gotten them far. But the one thing about Rodney Terry, and I remember from his, from his days at UTEP, he's a he's all about the University of Texas. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that come in and they drink the Kool Aid, and uh, curb, uh, we had we saw that with Shaka Smart, uh, we saw that with uh, Rick Barnett. They were outsiders coming into a programming and programming in Texas. Rodney Terry's been about Texas. I think he played there. I think he went to school there. He's been a lifelong Longhorn. This is his dream job. I don't think he'll do anything in the world to jeopardize that. And it's all about Texas. And with the NIL money that uh, the Longhorns have, I'm sure he's going to be able to get really good recruits. He relates well to players and to media. And I think they have the right guy in charge in Austin. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And if not for last season in, I forget what game it was, the Elite Eight, or I, I think they made it to the Elite Elite Eight last year. Uh, if not for their their stud forward, Dylan DeSue, who got hurt towards the, I want to say towards the end of the game before, and then just could not give it a go in the last game. It, they are going to have a good team uh, to to kind of bring it a little to the Spurs. They had a kid last year 
Serge Ibari Rice, who played fantastic. To me, he's a good floor general, and he's on a two-way contract with the Spurs this year. I'm hoping he makes it. It's not just going to be an Austin guy, which, I mean, even if he's in Austin, he'll play great. He'll be in front of, you know, familiar, the, you know, he'll be familiar with the area, but he's a good floor general. He's not a young, I, I say young kid. He was a, a four years in college, five years. So he kind of fits that pop mold of he's got maturity. It's not a young guy to where it's like, it's a one and done. He knows what he's doing. And again, I go back to, he's a good floor general. Yeah, so. and I think the other thing with uh, when you look back at last year, they lost to Miami in the Elite Eight, and I thought that was the game where they had a little bit of a lead, and then they kind of gave it up because they started protecting the league instead of continuing to play. And as hot as Miami was, as hot as Florida Atlantic was last year in that tournament, all of those teams uh, took advantage of that uh, when teams would start to let off the gas after having a lead. And anyway, I, I think Texas is going to have a great year. I think Houston's going to have another good year. Uh, I have not seen a poll yet if one's come out yet, but I guarantee you both of them are going to be in the top ten. Uh, and uh, I think we'll see uh, all those things happen there. For UTSA, it's just going to be a, it's a really big step into uh, the American Conference. The American Conference is for real. They usually get two or three teams, at least in the tournament. Uh, it's not a one-bid league like Conference USA was. you got Memphis, you got SMU, you've got Wichita State. Uh, there's a bunch of good basketball that's played at this level, and I, I'm going to get to see some of it. Florida Atlantic, by the way, I think is going to be a top-five team. Every single one of those players that went to the Final Four last year is coming back for the Florida Atlantic Owls, so they may be the favorite to win the league uh, against some of those traditional powers like SMU and Wichita State in Memphis. Yeah, and with, with last season for, for the Longhorns, they had a pretty good you know, tough schedule to, uh, at the beginning of the season to where it was like, Hey, we got to see what they were early looking at their schedule right now. And I'm assuming that the whole schedule has come out. There really isn't just going off of, obviously, as you made, mentioned the, there's no rankings out right now. They, they begin with incarnate word and Delaware state. I'm not seeing a, a, a quote unquote threat. Maybe the big, the first big game that they have is against Louisville, you know, because at least Louisville's is a traditional school to an yeah, extent. They're, they're gonna they're gonna pay those Delaware states incarnate words ninety thousand dollars to show up and lose by forty, and it's it's a game that counts. It helps them pad their win loss record, and every big school like Texas is gonna do that. Houston's gonna do that. Uh, UTSA's played at Texas before, and I'm sure they'll play there again in the future. It's it's really a difficult challenge for those teams, but that's not why they're there. They're there to kind of figure out who they are, what guys, what, and to play in a big environment uh, like Texas provides. But nonetheless, uh, it'll be fun to see how the basketball season rolls out. But uh, I expect Texas and Florida Atlantic and, uh, and Houston and those schools I mentioned to all be uh, playing deep into March. All right, that'll wrap things up for today's program. We're back tomorrow. We've got NFL and college picks coming up tomorrow as well. And we'll visit with David Crane, the voice of uh, the UAB Blazers, and give you a preview of the game on Saturday against the Roadrunners. Thanks uh, to Michael and to Shane and everybody else. Have a great night. It's the Andy Everett Show on Ticket 760.